Is everybody ready to fight? Oh yes. For their creatures. Affirmative. Absolutely. And uh, honestly, like, we're not the ones fighting, right? They're the ones fighting, um, metaphorically. And so we just have to talk about the fights as we see them. We're, we're more like broadcasters, really. We're not fighting. That is true. Now, let me just pull it up in Excel, all fun-like, so we can be all ready. I'll put you over here. Everybody else is here. I think we're ready to go. Perfect. Welcome to Infinite Pulp. We're recording now. We're talking. We're enjoying the weather. We're continuing spooky season, and I am here with a few different folks to enjoy that with you. Um, who else do I have on the show today? Well, obviously, there's me. You all know me. I'm Max. Howdy, howdy. Hello. And this is Matt. Coming back from last week's episode. Hello, everybody. Back with a vengeance. Yes, Yes. I'm excited. We are going to continue fighting and arguing and trying to pick a winner out of all of these folks. We're going to finish the bracket today. I'm really excited about that. Before we get into that, though, let's um, let's just... It was everybody... uh, Anybody watching any horror movies lately? Anybody uh, eating anything exciting? Uh, How's everyone doing? I am shocked at how few horror movies have been released this month so far. Yeah. Um, Like we, we have mostly sort of burned down to the bone. Most of the options available in most of the um, streaming services that we have access to. So we're kind of like, you know, nibbling around trying to find something and it's just, it's an uphill battle, man. (laughs) We have like, we watched, what did we watch last night? Blood diner. So like a 1987 movie about <laughs> a Lemurian sacrificial cult. Um, the two sons of this uncle who have to like carry on the family legacy and their uncle is a disembodied brain in a jar giving them instructions. It's absolutely ridiculous. Um, but it was super campy and I enjoyed it. But I mean, it's still like it's not great. There's not a lot of good horror coming out right now. Yeah. Matt, what have you been getting into lately? Not much. Um Honestly, I've uh, been kind of doing a lot of doing some rewatching, although on Shudder, I watched Maniac Cop and on actually on Shudder as well. I watched Vampire Circus. Uh, those were pretty fun. Maniac Cop is just as ridiculous as it sounds. And uh, Vampire Circus is uh, one of the uh, Hammer productions. Uh, so a lot of uh, bright red blood. You know, it's it it's camp in its own sense. However, Back in the day, it was uh, revitalized some of these horror creatures that were, uh, you know, classic universal monsters. So they were it was a little bit uh, more violent than those pictures. Yeah, I've actually just read something about um, Vampire Circus that it's, it's supposed to be pretty decent. I like those hammer productions. Yeah. Yeah. So it was actually it was on my list to watch this next week. So that's funny that you you brought that up. I'm excited. Yeah, it's uh, I mean, it's like anything else. It's not the uh, end all be all of uh, British horror, but it's it's good. It's definitely worth a worth a watch. Excellent. Oh, and how's your hair? Hair's great. Fresh. Yeah. Uh, Oh, I got them all cut. Good. 
Excellent. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Back How's Fabulous? Nice. She like her hair? She does. She got a she got a, a dye and cut job. Went with a very Ooh. autumn look, and looks good. Good. Excellent. That's exciting. What kind of haircut did you get? I think you just said it, but like, are we tight in the back, tight in the sides? What are we looking at here? Yeah, it's basically, uh, you know, two to uh, fade zero in the front and side, or I'm sorry, in the uh, back and sides, and then uh, longer on top to style like pretty much everybody else. Excellent. Yep. That's exciting. But it looks good. I cannot see you, but I think it looks great. Um, Matt, uh, Max's hair over here is just... He doesn't need a haircut. I love it. It's so luscious. But. I haven't cut it for like two and a half years now. And yeah. uh, it's getting long enough, just long enough to the point where I'm, I'm going to be able to start braiding it like, you know, Lord of the Rings elf style. So mm-hmm. I remember those days. That. I didn't cut my yeah. hair like at all in college. And those were fun times. Yeah, I enjoy it. I enjoy not being it, not having to deal with it. The only downside to long hair in my experience is just the amount of time it takes to dry after a shower. Holy crap. It's like an hour or two before your hair is finally dry. It's obnoxious. Mm-hmm. Especially when you have a thick lion mane such as mine. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> yes. Well, I don't have that issue, but one day when technology is great enough, I will experience hair again. I don't know. You have a pretty damn good excuse. Yeah, that's true. I mean, nobody's expecting uh, much out of you. No, I know. There's not much that would be able to grow, anyways. Even if I tried, mm. it'd be it'd be too much like a skullet, and not not opposed to a skullet, but you know, it's just nothing that the world I think really needs. Yeah. Well, the good thing is, is that uh, it's not like I'd really get a good view anyway, considering our height difference. That's true. You're right. You don't care what my hair looks like. No, I mean I don't care what. I always anything. trim my nose hair for you though, so when you look up at me, you don't see much of nose hair. That's true. I do that for you, Matt. Yes. I'm glad you do. See, I I do it because I don't like uh, growing hair sticking on the edges of my nostrils. So, but it's one of those like things either, where but... once you cut it, that's it, because it's going to keep growing and it's going to keep irritating you. I know perpetual it's, issues. It's a, what can you it's do? It's a about lifelong them? issue. It is. Yeah, I know. Well, that was an exciting conversation. I'm sure you all loved that. So let's let's get into some more fun things. Um, so I'm actually not watching a movie this week. You guys can still guess what I'm watching if you want to. I'll, I'll give a few clues out. Um, but I'm watching something on live television right now. And so if we want to play the game, I'm down for it. But if you all just want to start getting into arguing about villains, I'm, I'm, I'm good with that too. I feel like we have ever been an episode where we didn't play the game. I mean, like. Not for a long time. I mean, we probably the first like few episodes where I didn't know I wanted to do this. Mm-hmm. Ever since then, though, I think we play. I just I just didn't want to like try to fool you guys and like lead you down a wrong path. You know, just because like what? I, what are I'm, you talking about? No, if we started playing the game and you didn't know I was watching live television and not a movie, then you would go down a path of movie, mm-hmm. and you Very never true. would guess it. And I don't know what kind of cable package you have. I know. I'm just saying. That um, you're welcome to guess. I'm, I'm happy to play the game. Uh, yeah, let's give it a shot, man. Sure. I mean, why okay. not? All right, perfect. So 
Matt and Max, the M&Ms, are going to try to guess what I am watching. They get five questions, two clues, and two guesses, and then we can turn in a guess for a mega clue Glorious. as well. That's what we're calling it now, mega clue. <laughs> this is very exciting. You add mega or super to pretty much anything. It's like Judge Dredd clues now. Mega cities, mega clues. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. It's a mega clue. Um, all right. So, yes, let's do it. Okay. You guys are up. Guess. Go for it. I'll give you a clue if you need one or I will. Uh... Matt, you want to lead us off this week or should I go? Go for it, my friend. All right. I'm going to start out with an old reliable, which is, is this live action or a cartoon? It's definitely live action. Okay. Okay. Is it reality television or is it quote unquote scripted? Um, it's not scripted. Hmm. Gonna go for a clue? Sure. Let's let's tap a clue. All right. So, what I'm watching includes things such as lightning bolts and pirates. And it is not a scripted show. Did you say pirates? I did say pirates and lightning, lightning, bolts. lightning bolts and pirates in a non-scripted show. Yes. I mean, this sounds like a Discovery Channel show, like uh, like those ice truckers or whatever it's called. <laughs> you know, like one of those ridiculous reality shows where it's not scripted and they just interview people about their lives. <laughs> Ancient aliens. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> Hmm. All right. Is this a comedy? It is not a comedy. Okay. How many questions is that? Three questions and one clue. Yeah, three and one. Okay. try for another clue before we ask our last question sure I like when you take the reins all right Aaron help us out here man so you may want you may say that there is a battle going on on a field with opposing forces unscripted lightning pirates on a field unscripted Unscripted television with lightning and pirates. I, this is just blowing my mind right now. I don't right think now. I've like, ever the heard of this show. Should, yeah, the fact well, that something like this exists and I don't know we, about we it kind of re- depresses re- me. We need to relive the clue where I said it involves lightning bolts and pirates. Huh. And if you couple that with the other clue, you're going to be mad yourself when I tell you what it is. It's not animated. Live action. Hmm. I don't know. Okay. Involves lightning and pirates. I'm looking at a pirate flag right now. Two pirate flags, actually. Not anymore, but I was. Lightning bolts, pirates... Live action, unscripted. Um, 
do we go for a mega clue? We got to go for a mega clue here, man. I'm struggling. I'm, I'm not. I'm nowhere near the ballpark of what this is yep. going to be. Of course, I haven't watched okay. live TV in I don't know how many years. I don't even know what's on anymore. Um, these man, I'm trying to give a mega clue without totally giving it away. Hmm. Okay. Mm, I, I'm, I'm oscillating between two clues right now. Okay. And I'm trying to think of which one would be more beneficial and which one would be less helpful for you. Um... This type of television show production only happens on very specific days of the week. You're watching the National Football League. You're watching the Buccaneers playing against the the, Tam- the Chargers. Yes, I wow. am. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I knew I knew I was in like the entirely wrong field. So I was like, what else can I be thinking? And I was like, sports? And I was like, oh yeah, because Aaron likes sports a lot. I don't. So that was why my brain wasn't going there initially. Yeah, at I keep all. forgetting that yeah. like sports is a thing to a lot of people. <laughs> because I it's yeah. not to me. Except for maybe and also a, that's about it. It's a relatively new thing too, because it was, you know, a lot of it was off the air for exactly. a long time. Oh yeah, yeah. this is like yeah, and I was debating whether or not I was going to give you a point if you couldn't also tell me what teams they were, but you did. You explained the teams and the game. And that's very exciting. <laughs> My other option was going to be, which I think would have led you to the same place, they had to make a clue would have been, is this um, this like program produces like the highest televised like event almost every single year, which is the Super Bowl. Or the Super probably, Bowl probably still would not caught that because forget how it how important it is to majority of yeah yeah I mean Matt both I mean at this point you know I we all know the Super Bowl is is more of a a party that you can eat delicious snacks at and then like happen to catch some football or commercials that that's yeah. how I, that's a little commercials that's how I like my I just I hope the game is good. But really, it's 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 more fun just to eat the, all the snacks. Really, that's I'm just going to be flying around the snack table most of the time there. Okay, I need to mark this down. I keep losing. I thought today would have been better. I am getting close to the point of no return. I have four weeks to catch up to Max. Um, and it's going to be... This is like the end of October. I, we, I've essentially, if I miss... You know, two in November, it's a it's a max win. That sounds nice. So I have, I have to to step up the game. Is what what's what it calls for. Clues are gonna have to become harder. I think that that's fair. We'll we'll see. Also, Honestly, the fact I, that I'm, I managed to guess a sport makes me like the most excited human in the world. <laughs> I'm a. Uh, I'm so impressed every single like we've gotten it down to the point where like you know we're you're you're narrowing it down almost every week and it's exciting and I like that you know 
I don't really care who wins. We well, both. you gotta, you know, you gotta give the people a show, right? It can't be a blowout every time. Come Absolutely, one hundred percent. So, um, I have not really been watching any horror movies this week. I was a little busy this week with getting jobs and getting uh, finishing some other work and that kind of stuff. So, I uh, have not. Uh, by the time this airs, we will have half two of um, changed our recording schedule again. We're gonna have to go back to nights, man. And uh, I know I got maybe so that's used to part doing of why this. I've been doing so well in the questions is because it's been during the day when my brain yeah. is a little bit more capable. I think so. Or we're gonna have to like block out a time like early morning on the weekends or something if we want to keep on doing it that style too. Um, we'll have to talk about how we're gonna record going forward. Yeah, um, that's fine. We'll sure. worry about that later. No reason yeah, to put people through the bureaucracy of the behind the air stuff. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk about that over a uh, game of Monster World. <laughs> Sounds Monster good. Hunter. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyways, let's play some games, man. Let's let's get into it. I don't mean to keep holding everybody up. We got a bracket to get into. More sports stuff here. All right. So we are finishing up the East Coast brackets today. Um, really starting it. So we got the Northeast. We got the, the Southeast. And um, some pretty exciting exciting things um i the horror movies i've been watching i watched um lake placid was the last one i watched um because y'all mentioned it and i needed to needed to get on it i watched about half of apollo 18 um i was just so tired i couldn't keep myself awake for that so i uh, had to turn it off but i'll get back to it um and then i watched a couple of these movies that we're talking about today to kind of Reeducate myself, and the main one was the thing. Um, I had I watched that one all the way through um, again. That movie's so good; it's so fantastic. It's a, yes, it solid, is. It's, I did, it's a blast. Film. I did a bunch of research on it afterwards, and it like so, um, it's a pretty important movie for uh, oh John Carpenter. Like it, it was his movies that he was expecting to do really, really well. And because it didn't, it kind of bombed in the theaters. People thought it was really grotesque and couldn't quite handle it for that time. Um, and it didn't do well. And, and he had to do some things that he wasn't planning on doing in his career. And um, which led to movies like Big Trouble in Little China and a couple of those other films that he wasn't like actually planning on finishing at that point. And it was a really interesting thing. Like it completely changed. Like he thought he was going to start doing, you know, bigger, more big budget horror movies and that kind of stuff. And it kind of moved the opposite direction for him because of that one film that now everybody absolutely loves and is like highly, highly regarded as one of the better horror movies out there. It bombed so hard when it first came out, it like changed this person's career. It's, it's incredible. You guys should look into it. Unless you yeah. already know about it. No, I, I, I'm aware that it was like a, a cornerstone film for him. I don't think I was quite as aware of how tenuous his success was before that. That's really impressive to me to hear. Yeah. Uh, but you know what? We got big trouble in Little China because the thing bombed uh, in, in the theaters. So <laughs> I will absolutely never, ever apologize for that because that movie is fantastic. It's uh, such something. a good film. It is. Something, Did you know man. that that Raiden and or Raiden in uh, Mortal Kombat is based off of the electric character in Big Trouble in Little China? I had no idea, but that makes so much sense. The eighties yeah. were like a pop culture incest. Yeah. ring like it was wild. I, I mean, I was, so I was watching this documentary, High Score, 
on Netflix, which is about video games, which you should absolutely watch. It's really fascinating. Um, and it's really cool and interesting. But they were talking about the the, the years of Mortal Kombat and, and like those coming off of the throes of the the popularity of Street Fighter. But like, yeah, like they there was a direct connection between Big Trouble Little China and Raiden, and that just makes me so happy. I'm so excited about that. Um, anyways, let's get into it. Matt, are you ready? I see you went muted for a second. I don't want to jump into it. I know we are chatting about other things, um, but let's finally get into this bracket. Y'all, y'all into this? Um, sweet. All right. So round one, um, I'll just read through the matchups real quick for this Northeastern bracket. We have Jason Voorhees against Angela Baker, Leatherface at number four seed against Samara at number five, The Living Dead as a whole entity, number three against Billy, number six, The Thing, number two against The Entity. And so this entity, uh, Max and I got confused about this in a couple episodes ago. Um, this entity is not the entity from the movie, The Entity. This is the entity from It Follows, just so everyone is clear on that one. Any questions from the jury? None. Okay, cool. Let's get into it. All right, folks. We have Jason Voorhees from Friday the 13th series against Angela Baker, number eight seed. So um, would you like me just to type in Jason Voorhees right now? I can move forward. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we should we should talk about Sleepaway Camp for a minute because it's it's a it's a real sleep a sleeper of a movie um, that that really car- carries a lot more than it does it deserves for how quietly people have let it sort of slip by, you know. Yeah, absolutely. I think the the like obviously the ending to that movie is really what gets you. Like that's such a cool like weird crazy ending and and. It was worth that alone, and just the subsequent films. I don't know if you've gotten much into Sleepaway Camp two and three and four, but like Sleepaway Sleepaway Camp two is That's awesome. One as of well. my favorite like, I, I think sequels those some, like, in a in a franchise. Like it's just yeah. so much fun. It's outrageous. Um, it's uh, yes. I mean, it's it's nice because I believe the first one came out in eighty three. So by the yeah, time the second so. one came out, I think there were, there were a couple of years between that. And I think by that time in the eighties, a lot of tongue in cheek horror was being made. So it kind of made sense what direction the franchise should have been taken had they were going to, you know, mm-hmm. make sequels. Because I feel like after the first movie, you kind of can't really do, um, you know, a serious horror movie, which at the end of the day, like Friday the 13th, uh, Sleepaway Camp is more of a mystery than actually horror. You know, it's a very, it's a, it's a, it's a whodunit. Yeah. Um, and with how Friday the 13th progressed into a straight up horror movie, a horror franchise where you go to see dumb teenagers get killed that's kind of where sleepaway camp goes in the sense of like, well, we don't necessarily have a Jason, but we have an Angelica. We have Angelica Baker who kind of played off as more of like a Freddy Krueger. Like she had a lot of one niners. Right. Um, you know, she was, it, it was ridiculous. It's, it's a very tongue in cheek. comedic <laughs> yeah. Approach. Three is also good. 
Three's was, good too. Yeah, it was a slow burn, man. That's what I really appreciated about it. Like, I really felt like they they tried to like humanize a lot oh, of the characters, yeah. especially the counselors. Like, so often in horror movies, especially in like whodunits at a camp or at a, you know slashers and stuff, the counselors are absolutely negligent. You know, they they only exist to be negligent. Right. And not do their yeah. job so that people can be put in situations where they get murdered. Um, and I thought like the counselors were really um, portrayed in a, in a very sort of like humanizing light, which I thought was really kind of sweet. Um, and the outfits were ridiculous. And that, that scene at the end, man, oh, my gosh, was just oh, yeah. so good. And you go back and you rewatch it knowing that. And it's it's like it, it, it becomes a different kind of horror movie because mm-hmm. it's like. It's just like oppressive. It like makes you like. It's like it gives me the shudders and also is like gross, right? Because because this was like forced as a situation instead. Of, and I'm trying really hard not to spoil it because I think yeah, like because it is kind of a sleeper movie. Not a lot of people know about it, so I think it's definitely worth um, definitely worth exploring and checking out if you haven't seen it. Yeah, but yeah, Jason. Jason takes the cake. No, no question. Well, yeah, I mean, Jason is at this point immortal. Like he keeps coming back. Yeah, and so like even if Angela was able to kill him once, and like he'll come and back. Of course, you know, depends so, on how there's, there's, on what iteration you're looking at. I mean, there um, there is a side story in the comics where Pamela Voorhees uses the Necronomicon to make Jason a dead deadite, and that's how he survived the drowning. But obviously, that's also part uh, of the comic series, and uh, it's more of like a fun way to introduce the Ash character for Freddy versus Jason versus Ash. Yeah. Yes. But yes. So absolutely. I'd have if to you... say it's pretty unanimous that Jason moves forward. Yeah, but let's just move Jason good through that real we, quick. It is and... good and important that we discussed Sleepaway Camp a little bit. Uh, because that that is a franchise mm-hmm. that you shouldn't sleep on. <laughs> <laughs> no, you should not. No taking naps. Um, I, I like that. Let's just kind of do that going forward. If there's such a clear like this person would obviously win against this person, let's spend some time maybe on the other person if if yeah, we I mean, have an opportunity to. Because we'll be talking about you know because this is a celebration of villains. This is not just like a, a celebration of us talking about them. So. I want to give give power to them as well. Speaking of that, number four versus number five, Leatherface and Samara. So Samara is um, from Ringu or the Ring with the American version of it. And Leatherface is from Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And I think I would have to give this to Samara. It depends, right? Because is in some of the Leatherface iterations, isn't Leatherface a lot like Jason, where he is kind of this like immortal, tortured spirit of like the memory of this person whose like hatred has fueled his ongoing existence on this property? I feel like he's always been mortal, but I could be I could be wrong because okay. I've only seen uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre three and Texas Chainsaw Massacre Next Generation once each, but I believe that that he's. Yeah. I believe he's mortal. He's just a he's just a big dude that uh you know 
just is driven by force. And most of the time, he doesn't even know what he's doing. He's kind of a product of the family's madness. Right, right. And I, that I think, unwitting pawn. I, I think some of it comes down to also is like you have a chance to get away from Leatherface. Like physically, you can. And, you know, and you have to mentally get away from Samara just by copying the tape and showing it to somebody else, you know? And so, but if you don't know that, you have no, there's no way you're going to get away from Samara ever, you know? Like, and she, like, we've seen it, you know, we've just destroyed tapes before, but we've seen, I don't know, I, there's always more. I, yeah. Like I feel like there's she was always she's always coming back. Like there's no real way to get rid of her. Where like you can just technically outlive Leatherface if you got, like run away from him long enough. I, I don't know. I think I think her damage over time would be greater than than his as well. Yeah, and I think too, um, a curse in general, like a curse is is scarier than a person with a chainsaw. Yeah, right? I think so. Because a person with a chainsaw, like you said, you can run away, you can, you know, make intelligent decisions and you can like avoid that person or eventually like outrun it. But the curse itself, like once it's hit you, you know, that's it. Of course, to get the curse, you have to do the really dumb thing of watching the video when everyone around you says, don't watch that video. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so there is it, that. Yeah. You kind of ask for it with with Samara. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm 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 understanding, too, of moving Leatherface forward as well. Like, Matt, where, where do you kind of. Like, because really to defeat Samara, you just don't watch the tape, you know? And so that's true. I mean, it's also, it's also kind of similar with Leatherface. Like as long as you don't go down that stretch of highway or stretch of road in Texas, you're fine. Right. You know, Um, the thing about, for example, if we, with uh, Leatherface, um, like the thing is, is that Leatherface doesn't exist in a, in a, in a town where, um, you know, he's kind of like a, uh, like an urban legend, like a Jason Voorhees, you know, I mean, all throughout the series, you keep hearing, you know, Oh, camp crystal Lake is jinxed. You know, you're, you're too close. You got to stay away. So those people kind of have it coming for them. Whereas Leatherface is kind of in a, is is a, uh, a good example of, Wrong place, wrong time. Mm-hmm. But as far as how, as far as combatant, it's not like he has any sort of necessarily uh, like um super uh, like a uh, not really superpowers. So I feel like, like Samara would be exactly. She's like yeah, supernatural. So she's got that yeah. edge. Yeah. Also, I mean, when you find that when mm-hmm. everybody hates a countdown, right? So if you if right. you're told, hey, in a week, some bad stuff's going to happen to you, that takes a lot more uh, damage psychologically than just one really bad I think dinner. So too. Yeah. I'm gonna write it down. What do you think, Matt? So we are we are we on the Samara train today? Yeah, we're absolutely agreed on this one for sure. Okay, perfect. I that I am I am not jinxing it so far, but that continues our trend of every single number five seed beating the four seed. By the way, it's the upset the upset city bracket right there. 
And uh, <laughs> there's a good chance number five seed is going to be that. Well, anyways, let's just keep going. Living Dead versus Billy. I mean, so Billy is terrific because he, I mean, this is where I don't want to get into two. But by the way, I should probably say who they're from. The Night of the Living Dead or Dawn of the Dead. Um, the Living Dead from the um, uh, Romero movies. And Billy is from Black Christmas. So, um, without spoiling, I think I think The Living Dead kind of moves forward here. Um, I don't want to spoil too much about the Black Christmas ending with anybody, but that is why I have Billy up here is because he's done stuff that not a lot of killers get to do. So... Um, with that attribute, can we, if it's a 1974 movie, do you want to spoil it? Do we want, I mean, it's, it's been out there. What do we think? Yeah. Yeah, I think we can. I think we can just like let people know like spoilers for this film. And if you okay. want to go watch it, pause yeah. it and go right now because it's definitely worth doing. Yeah, it absolutely is. So if you want to watch Black Christmas and not spoil it for us, go do it right now. I'm <laughs> going to have like a little three second pause. All right, so now um, you've had time to watch the movie, and if you haven't, then this is on you. Um, but Billy survives at the end, but I don't know necessarily if he survives and if it's because he's smarter than everybody else. I think he survives by kind of luck at the end of that movie, um, and the the terror that he, you know, the confusion and terror that he brought upon his victims. Um, whereas the Living Dead, I, I just kind of feel like you just. So that's why I like Billy is because he did survive, but I'm not saying he would still win over Living Dead. I still think Agreed. we should move the Living Dead forward here. Yeah, it's you can't really, no matter how dangerous they are, a, a mortal serial killer versus an undead legion of like zombies. Yeah. Like eventually he's gonna die, right? Like he could probably he's smart, obviously, he's good at hiding, obviously, mm-hmm. given the whole plot of the movie, right? Um but there's only so many places you can hide. And if we're talking about like a post-apocalyptic world where everybody is zombie, you know, like walking dead sort of situation. And also Billy is there by himself, you know, eventually he either dies of old age or uh, sloppiness. And I, in either case, the, the undead legions win. Yeah. So I think it's pretty straightforward on this one. I think so too. I just thought it was important to call out that that Billy is is an incredible, incredible uh, killer for the reason that he he does hide and he survives, which doesn't often happen with a lot of these. They usually get him at the end. Yeah, and, yeah and that's so, true. Um, which is one of the reason I love that movie so much, and it's on, it's on my top five. Is because it's like one of the first like he's in the house with you and he lives. It's great. Um, all right, cool. We'll move the living dead forward and we won't spend too much time talking about it. The next thing, <laughs> this is, I like how these matched up the thing versus the entity. The thing is from the thing. Mm-hmm. which We talked a little bit about earlier, John Carpenter and the entity is from the movie. It follows. And for those of you who don't know, I think it's important to kind of explain a little bit about these two. The thing is a creature, an extraterrestrial creature um, that can essentially, on a cellular level, um, take over a host and imitate it perfectly. It has its memories and everything else, and its goal is to infect and kind of take over everything that that's that's there. Um, is that yeah? That's about what it is, right? 
perfect. Yeah, it's like a it's like a biologically morphological parasite. Yeah. Right? So it can basically consume whatever biological form is in front of it and become it and use it. Yep. Um, you can kill part of it with flames. That has been shown. But I think the important thing here with the thing is that um, in the movie and in the lore, it has been uh, looked at and described to it's it's a it's a, a beast upon a cellular level. So even if a few cells of it survive and get attached to you, it can still change you. So that's why it's so difficult to get rid of. Yes, absolutely. Um, you can kill it, but it would be very, very difficult. Um, the entity is essentially um, a tale of an STD, where if you sleep with somebody who has the entity attached to it, it's now passed on to you. Um, and until you sleep with somebody else, it will not be uh, passed on to anybody else. And it's essentially this way of thing of like this creature that always changes every single time that you see it but it's always slowly coming after you and that's what's really terrifying about it yeah um, I, but it's I usually think, like abs- uh, uh, like taking the form of like a person right like it it's it's usually right, like right. the the ways that it can harm you are mostly human in their execution yes no they are they, they look a lot of times like people like with like hospital patients they've used a lot of that um in the film um, I think the thing should move forward here. I think the thing is deadly and incredible, scary. And, um, but I think the entity would probably produce more fear, but the thing is far more dangerous. I agree. I think so for me, it's really about like, if, if these two figures existed in the same world, right? Like, um, how, how would they coexist if they ever ran into each other? Like how would they sort of like encounter one another sort of. And for me, the thing is like, would just take over what sort of human body the, the entity was using that particular day. So it seems kind of one-sided for me. I don't really see it as any sort of, uh, contest. No, no, I don't either. Okay, cool. All right. I don't anticipate this next one. Oh, by the way, that's finished the first round of the Northeastern bracket. We are in the Southeast bracket going forward. Um, I don't really see a contest here at all, but we have a Xenomorph versus um, Stripe Spike, the leader of the Gremlins. Um, Even if you have an army of Xenomorphs versus an army of Gremlins... I still think the Xenomorphs win. Even if you have an army of gremlins versus one or two Xenomorphs, I still think they would probably win. (laughs) Can you imagine what a gremlin infested Xenomorph would look like? Like if they, if they killed a gremlin, you know, laid, caught a gremlin, laid their eggs inside it. And then you got a gremlin chest burster coming out of a little green body. That would be something to see. Absolutely ridiculous. (laughs) I would love to see what that creature looks like. Absolutely. I just, there's just no way the gremlins move forward here. Like, agreed. I think it's, 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 it's pretty clear cut. I think yeah. and it, it feels a little disappointing because it seems like this entire side, all the brackets have been pretty one sided. Um, but that's fine because things will get interesting in a minute. Oh, yeah. The, this has kind of been some of the more, I, yeah, I, I think th- I was kind of thinking about that when we were going through this. These have, have all been kind of one sided, but that's all right. Like, I think it's there's a lot of really good good matchups now. 
in the second round. This matchup, though, is brought to you by my coffee I'm drinking today. And um, go pick some up at your local shop. But uh, it is Ghostface, our four seed from the Scream franchise, and Pumpkinhead, number five seed from Pumpkinhead. And uh, I've been going first on a lot of these. Somebody else want to take it away um, for these two to start with? Ghostface versus Pumpkinhead. Mm Mm-hmm. I kind of would... I'm kind of leaning on Pumpkinhead because while he... With him being a spiritual entity, there is only one way to stop him, which lies in the hands of the person that called him. So with that in mind, you got a, you got a 10-foot-tall creature that doesn't stop versus someone who's pretty pissed off about uh, some cheatery that happened. So, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I think... I agree. I think I think Pumpkinhead is kind of a winner here because again, it's the it's the concept of like supernatural evil versus person with knife. Right. Exactly. He's he's mortal, the human. Um, you know. That's just how, how the how the rankings uh laid up and I just I'm gonna go Pumpkinhead on this I one. I think so too. Can can you one of you clarify I've only seen Pumpkinhead once and I uh, dozed off a tiny bit towards the end. Um, so Pumpkinhead is, I get the general gist of it. He's a spiritual creature you have to call to do a task for you. Um, and he won't stop until the task is completed. So the person who, who called him though, who initiated that task, um, how did they stop him? Cause do they have to kill themselves to stop Pumpkinhead? Is that how that works? Yeah. Yes. Okay. So in the first one, uh, the man that called Pumpkinhead to kill the teenagers that ran over his son in a motorcycle accident. Uh, spoiler alert, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, that is what happened. He realized the wrongdoing of calling this creature to these teen to these teenagers, um, and real and basically, when you call Pumpkinhead, he is connected to you. Uh, spiritually and physiologically. So anything that happens to you uh, happens to Pumpkinhead mm-hmm. and vice versa. Okay. So essentially that's what he had to do is had to take himself out to take out Pumpkinhead. Okay, cool. Yeah. I remember waking up and seeing that he had died in Pumpkinhead too. And I was just like, oh, okay, that makes sense. You know? Um, yeah. It's, it's a, it's one of those, it's actually, I believe it's Stan Winston's first directorial debut. Um, and, it's very atmospherically creepy. Yeah. Um, I mean, Stan Winston has been no- obviously is is known for uh, being the godfather of of big in your face creature effects animatronics. Um, so with him directing a film like this, it only made sense that it was as atmospheric as it was. It, it's while it doesn't take place on Halloween, it feels very Halloween. Yeah. Just because of how just the tone of the film yep. feels very fall like. Yep. It's it's it wouldn't it would not surprise me if uh you know there were some notes discovered in Stan Winston's basement. Hey, guess what? Pumpkinhead t- takes place in Halloween. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um one cool thing they call out too is the person who did Pumpkinhead. Um the uh, the main actor for that was also in uh, Alien as the uh, bionic. 
in Aliens and Alien 3. Yes. Yes. Or he wasn't, you know, he was in Alien 3 as like the head guy of the company. Um, mm-hmm. But but yeah, that was that was really cool. I like that connection between those two. Speaking, though, of gigantic animatronic creatures, our next round is Jaws, a number six seed from Leprechaun. From Leprechaun and Leprechaun, I'm sorry, Leprechaun number three seed. Um, and I'm happy to 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 push in my vote right away. Um, but after watching the Leprechaun movie, I'm going to give it to the Leprechaun because unless you can find his gold, that dude's not dying. This is immortal. Like, I don't know if there's any way to kill him. And so unless you have access to that gold, he's coming after you. Um, and Jaws, you can destroy, but I just, I don't know. What do you think? Do you think Jaws has a chance here against Leprechaun? Unless Leprechaun decide to go into a boat that is too small. <laughs> but yeah. at the same time, like you said, kind of can't kill the Leprechaun. Yeah. And I don't see a, I don't see a massive shark actively trying to steal gold. Like if you just don't go swimming in the ocean, you're protected from Jaws. But I do understand the the absolute terror of something underneath the water that you can't see, you know is there, and that you know if you make the wrong move, it's going to be the end of your life. That's terrifying. Like That's also very, very scary. Um, But I do think over time the leprechaun – can incite more fear he's more of a comical you know fear but like still um he's gonna do more damage over time uh so what do you think matt max Max. yeah for sure i mean ancient evil cursed creature it's like a he's almost like a demigod right i mean he's 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 virtually unkillable um can come back even if he is like somehow destroyed or boxed up can be resurrected like yeah it versus a shark like come on there's okay. no contest. Yeah. Good. Like, Good. like he would literally just snap his fingers, turn him into a shark marshmallow, and pop him in his mouth and laugh about it. Like, it, <laughs> yeah. there's no contest. That is what he would do. Um, yeah, I think so. Let's move him forward in the round. Our last of the first round, though, um, we finally get to a amazing character, Pennywise, event against Harry Warden. Um, Harry Warden is my bloody Valentine's killer. And Pennywise is from the It movies. And I am just going to type in Pennywise right here in the next round. Pretty sure that there's no debate there. And um, yeah, yeah. moving on. (laughs) We're going to move on. Go watch My Bloody Valentine. It's awesome. That movie's so good. Uh, It's definitely one of those uh, slashers that, uh, well, I don't want to say is uh, overlooked because I do typically see the original 1981 film my bloody valentine on a lot of people's mm-hmm. must-see slasher lists mm-hmm. but at the same time it also doesn't get as much coverage as some of the big baddies yeah so as- while and and honestly one thing that i do love about my bloody valentine it's it's a very personable movie a lot of characters mm-hmm. are very rich there's a lot of great chemistry i actually attended a um uh, reunion in 2016 and it was one of the first times that they've all that a majority of the cast got together since making the movie uh, i think there were only about seven or eight of them so not everybody was there and also some people have passed away since the film was released but 
they had nothing but great things to say about the experience. They all seemed to have a really good chemistry together. So it wasn't just good acting. It was just a good example of bringing the ah, right people awesome. together. Yeah. I think prom night, my buddy Valentine, black Christmas, some of these films that are in that slasher territory, they get overlooked because of the Halloween. It's Friday the 13th. Um, and they are early. They're, uh, I mean, they're, they, but they're good. Well, and I, I think you definitely they like, they're like, I think you can find those. There is a multitude of slashers that came out during that time that aren't good, but there's those little few pieces. Like I was really happy with prom night. I kind of almost like, um, Jamie Lee Curtis's performance in prom night more than I do in, uh, Halloween. But, uh, yeah. Anyways, uh, I didn't mean to cut you off there, Matt, if you have more to say no, about that. No, I hadn't, I didn't really have any other way to proceed, but other than in the eighties, uh, especially right after Halloween was 78, uh, there were so many studios rushing to make their mm-hmm. own slasher because, Hey, if I can make a movie for X amount of dollars, we can easily, you know, multiply that because right. that's what people want to see. So there are movies out there that are crap and there are movies out there that are gems. Yeah. That's what we're here for. We, we watch all of the crap to bring you the gems. And that is why we exist for that purpose and that purpose only. And I have to point out, we haven't even mentioned yet. There is a reboot of my bloody Valentine, uh, 2009 with Jensen Ackles from supernatural, which is way better than it deserves to be. Like, I almost it's like the reboot better than the original man. Reboots. Yeah. It's, it's really good. And it's well of made. Course, it is. It is. And the cast is, uh, is good. They, they have a very strong cast. You got Tom Atkins as the sheriff. I believe he's the sheriff. He's of some sort of law enforcement. Um, he's fantastic. Yeah, that's awesome. I need to watch that. I'm going to add to the list. Is that, I wonder if, is that on Shudder? We'll have, to, we'll have to look at that. Last see. I checked, it was on Prime, but that was a long oh, cool. time ago. Cool, cool, cool. Um, I forgot to mention, by the way, that I watched Bubba Hotep for the first time this weekend. Oh, it's so much fun. It's so much fun. It's such Woo! a fun movie. Oh, it's so good. Just And I, I'm really happy you guys talked to me about it and explained kind of the plot line, because I think I would have missed some of the JFK stuff and the, the LBJ. And <laughs> it's just... It's it's so good. It's so wonderful. Um, thank you so much for for recommending that. And I'm very excited to watch that again sometime. So let's move forward back to the top. We're getting into our supernatural characters versus our supernatural characters. We have Jason in the Sinister 16 versus Samara. Somebody else take it away. Um, I have talked a lot on this episode and I'm excited to let you guys talk. Well, now that we have a scenario, seeing as the last, uh, baddie that Samara was up against was, you know, another large brute force, but was not supernatural. Now we do have a supernatural Mm -hmm. one and I'm going to give it to Jason. Uh, sounds kind of typical, but I don't, I mean, who knows if anybody's got an argument, speak up. Yeah, I, I don't really have an argument for Samara um, because it kind of goes in the way of where if you happen to be at the camp 
there there is no really way away from Jason. It's very difficult compared to if you happen to watch the videotape, you have if you know the rules, you have a week to copy it and decide who's going to die instead of you, you know, and so you do have a way out. Um, you do with Jason as well, but I think it's a little, I don't know, Max, what do you think? Jason doesn't watch TV. The end. All right. I'm happy with that. Let's mm-hmm. move it. We were all in agreement here. No need to, to filibuster any of this. Let's look at living dead versus the thing. Um, I think this is going to be something that's brought up that I was not th- thinking of last week. Um, but Max, you mentioned this to me, and I think it's important here where the living dead can be um, a thing can just inhabit the living dead. Like there's no way the living dead would ever have a chance of ever defeating the thing. I, I, I think both worlds are kind of world ending, but I think the thing is far more scarier because it's a it's almost like a, a living dead that you cannot see versus a living dead that's coming at you slowly. What are your guys' thoughts on this? Yeah, and honestly, like, the fact is that undead creatures are still biological organisms, right? right. They might be affected by a virus or something, but I think the thing would be able to control them and manipulate them and, and consume them like it does other living beings, right? Because it it consumed corpses, right, in 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 yeah. the thing. Like, you know that it has power over dead, dead items and objects. So um, I think it's a little bit wrongheaded to suggest that that they they somehow like wouldn't be um susceptible to it so for me the thing wins this kind of hands down there's no real argument for it agreed yeah all right sweet that's our first evil eight on that side this exciting all right two creatures that look strikingly similar to each other xenomorphs and pumpkin head um they're both very like skeletal and like they kind of stand the same way or gigantic creatures when they're when they're standing up um but we have a xenomorph here versus a pumpkin head um i think this is kind of an intriguing matchup the pumpkin head i from what i know cannot be killed unless the person can be killed you know for the xenomorph though i think has more potential to do far-reaching damage for sure um, but, uh, are there interesting thoughts here? Or do we, should, do you guys think there's one that's definitely clear out winners than the other? For me, it's a matter of like being a numbers game. Like the Xenomorph multiplies, right? Pumpkinhead does not. And so Pumpkinhead is dangerous. Yes. And I think in a one-on-one battle, Xenomorph might win and, but Pumpkinhead could keep coming back. Mm-hmm. But I think the Xenomorph reproduces faster then Pumpkinhead could do damage. So I, I think ultimately, like, I feel like the Xenomorph takes this one just on a numbers scale. What if what if the person who was um, tasking Pumpkinhead, tasked Pumpkinhead to destroy all the Xenomorphs? Ooh, that's quite the task. It's not going to stop. He's never going to stop. Are they going to be like, does he ever complete that goal? Or does the person who casted him die die, before that? Probably dies of old age before he could finish it. (laughs) Before he can complete that complete that goal. Yeah, I mean, you're. uh, I would have to agree with Max on this. It is a numbers thing uh, with with xenomorphs. Um, There are 
many, many of them. I mean, there it's an infestation, you know. I mean, that's basically uh, a theme, uh, especially for aliens, is the infestation of the xenomorphs inhabiting mm-hmm. uh, Hadley's Hope. Whereas Pumpkinhead is this one main big baddie. Yeah. But at the same time, you also have to, with these villain um, brackets, we are looking at reach. People recognize Xenomorphs a lot more than Pumpkinhead. Mm-hmm. So that could that could be another edge to the Xenomorph. Yep, yeah. Both are yeah. pretty, pretty darn close to being equally scary. So I don't, yeah. I don't really have, I wouldn't really prefer one or the other uh, I think when it comes to one that would be chasing me. <laughs> right. I wouldn't want either one after me. Yeah. No. They're pretty, pretty neck and neck when it comes to the fear uh, factor. I think part of it too is Xenomorphs just, we, we haven't really established a greater purpose for them than to like just survive and kill, you know? Yeah, they're like they always seem to just have pests. that desire. Where Pumpkinhead, you know, like you you still have to have wronged somebody. Like it's still part of your action. I, I think Xenomorphs in, the, in a scary standpoint. There could be many years between Pumpkinhead being summoned to right, right who has wronged. Uh, yep, you know the essentially Pumpkinhead's host. So yep, I'm with you. Yeah, I think we should do Xenomorphs. Absolutely. Max. There's no real Xenomorphs. rhyme or reason. Xenomorphs, uh, they, you know, they they take over. Okay. Yeah, cool. I'm right there with you. Absolutely. Sweet. Excellent. So number three seed Leprechaun versus a number two seed Pennywise. We haven't really got to discuss Pennywise much yet. Um, but uh, who, 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 who do y'all feel like should, should move forward here? Well, it's really tough because Pennywise... Pennywise does have a weakness. Mm-hmm. Leprechaun doesn't necessarily have one, but also not just that. Leprechaun doesn't need something to stre- to strengthen him up. Right. That um... he already is is when he's coming at you, he's already as strong as he needs to be. That's true, but he like another way too is just like you 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 can. Like yourself, stop Leprechaun if you just give him back all his gold, you or know? leave like, Dairy. Yeah, I guess you could leave Dairy too. Yeah, that's true as well. Yeah, I mean, the only real reason why they all came back twenty-seven years ago is because of a pack. If you don't have friends and you don't have a pack, mm-hmm. you don't come back to Dairy. So don't have <laughs> friends. Yeah. Also, I mean, somebody would actually have to stay in Dairy to remember as well. That's true. All right, Max, what are your thoughts on this? I'm not I sure. Agree. I think so. Y'all have really convinced me about this. And I, I really do believe that like going into this, I thought that um, Pennywise would have the edge here. Um, but I take it back. And I really yeah. think that um, I really think that Leprechaun takes this one because there are so many handicaps to Pennywise's yeah. power and lo- like you're talking about even location like Leprechaun literally anywhere in the world Space. Pennywise one one tiny town yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> exactly it's just so yeah one-sided it hardly seems relevant you know what I mean yeah it's I was I mean as iconic as a character Pennywise is he he's he really I expected him to go a little further than he did but after watching it chapter two I, I kind of 
there's multiple, you know, you can, you can make him, you can defeat him. Whereas like Leprechaun, you know, he's not, he, like you said, well, he's immortal. You know, I don't know. I, I, I agree. I'm going to move Leprechaun forward. Leprechaun. Sweet. All right. We're getting down there. There's only, we're getting close to the final four, the fatal four, as we like to say it here. We have Jason versus the thing. Um, I still like the thing with this. I think he would eventually win out versus Jason. Jason has a smaller reach than the thing does. Though, if we imagine the thing as the movie suggests going into Antarctica, and that's where it has to, you know, stem out from, the thing has a, you know, it's going to be difficult, you know, nobody they may never ever go back to the thing he may never get un, like released but i think if he does get released and he makes it back to civilization um i think the thing outweighs well, think of the jason here pretty, pretty easily with that mentality yeah, the potential the potential's there jason isn't going anywhere he, he's he's in his hometown he's he's doing what he needs to do where he needs yeah, to do the thing he's has, already bought property <laughs> As we saw in Freddy versus Jason, they were building new condos. <laughs> yeah, I think the thing moves forward here, Max. I absolutely agree. Because even if the thing couldn't like control Jason because he is like an undead spirit rather than just the body, he could absolutely like. What's the word I'm trying to think of? Like contain him. Yeah. Right. Like he could like he could like wrap itself around him get his weapon tied down or whatever, and then latch itself to the walls. And Jason would be immortal, just stuck there in this prison forever. Right. So I, yeah, I think Jason absolutely um, loses out this one. As long as there's camp counselors dying on camp crystal Lake, the thing has other organisms to assimilate. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Yeah. 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 All right. Sweet. That's our first out of the Northeastern bracket, a number two seed. Bringing it into the Fatal Four, we this is so exciting. Just like actual like March Madness basketball, you hardly ever get the one seeds all together in the Final Four, and we only have one one seed so far in the Fatal Four, which is really exciting. Um, so let's let's finish out that last spot: the Xenomorph versus Leprechauns. I think this is really interesting. Um. Because I don't think you can discount the fact that you can get rid of the leprechaun if you have all of his gold and give it back to him. And so the leprechaun is one creature and the xenomorphs could be multitudes. What do we think here? Is the xenomorph move forward? Does leprechaun, because he's immortal and already has that power? Like, I don't know. What, what do you all think? This is the first one for me that is genuinely a tough, uh, like a tight race. Because I think the Xenomorph would destroy the Leprechaun over and over again, but not before the Leprechaun came back and vaporized a bunch of Xenomorphs. So this for me really does feel like a Clash of the Titans. Um, But in terms of like range and capability, I still feel like the Leprechaun would not be able to keep up. Like, I think he would kill a lot, but I think it would just be, again, a numbers game where we'd get to the point where he was just overwhelmed. Yeah. I can see that. I mean, we are talking about an infestation versus one supernatural being. Uh, And you can also, I think that you can also reason with the Leprechaun too. 
I mean, it's shown that you can reason with him a little bit. And he's know? also kind of chaotic. He's not very, like... He's, he's not very, like, thoughtful. Right. You know, he's kind of, like, chaotic right. evil. So, like, I don't necessarily think that he would bother to track down a nest and try to eliminate it. I feel like he would just have fun killing whatever he could before they killed him and he came back again and did it some more. Right. Right. Like, yeah, he doesn't necessarily need to win that battle. Like, what's his purpose and his drive for that? So, yeah, I think the Xenomorphs over, eventually over overrun him. And I, I still think the Xenomorphs also have a capacity to do far more damage than the Leprechaun does if they exist in the same world, too. So are we all stamping this for the Xenomorph moving moving into the Fatal Four? Makes more sense. Yep. Let's do it. All right. That's the Fatal Four. List them off for me again because I can't remember the last time I we will. recorded. I'm so excited. So starting in the northwest corner, we have the Necronomicon versus in the southwest corner, Freddy Krueger. Necronomicon was a three seed coming in hot. Freddy Krueger was the number one seed. We have The Thing in the northeastern corner as a number three seed and a Xenomorph as a number one seed in the southwest. Southeast, I'm sorry. So it is The Thing versus a Xenomorph and the Necronomicon versus Freddy Krueger. Which one do we want to discuss first, boys? Let's go Necronomicon and Freddy. I think that's yeah, a good place to start. Let's bring back the uh, last week's discussion. All right. Right. Yeah, because it's been a while. Give us a chance to refresh our mm-hmm. minds and sort of reestablish power levels and Arguments. stuff like that. Exactly. Okay. Uh-huh. So um, we have Freddy Krueger here, a, a genuine immortal being that feeds off of um, – essentially evil and fear and and the the more kind of like evil and fear that builds up in an area, the more likely he is to exist there. He can kill you in his dreams, your dreams. I'm sorry. And um, outside of uh, your dreams in reality as well. But if he does move into the mortal world, you can kill him that time, but he, he will be back as it has shown. Um, The Necronomicon is the book of the dead. It controls all of the deadites and the damned in the world. And you would have to read from the Necronomicon for it to open up. I did quite a bit of research on this because I wanted to see more about the Necronomicon. um, And I've been watching some of the Evil Dead movies. Um, From the research that I've seen and read at, um, there are supposedly multiple copies of it that's that's that exists in the world so it technically can be destroyed by fire but there's more than one copy out there so you're not like destroying all of it you're just destroying that one piece um that can happen does does that sound about right from from everything i read it it, it, you can kill it with the fire um in in evil dead 2 when the book shows up again it's it's supposedly a different copy brought by by uh, that family Matt, you know way more about this than I do. Is, is that about right? Well, the um, essentially they they omitted the scene that he burnt the fir- that he burnt the book in the first movie because what they okay. did was they just redesigned uh, the face of the Necronomicon for Evil Dead Two, and what the family members did because essentially what uh, the story of the of the second one is that Annie 
was had any uh, came across lost pages of the Necronomicon and was Mm -hmm. delivering it to her father, who was in the middle of translating the Book of the Dead. Okay. So cool. What do we think here? Necronomicon versus Freddy. Anybody have any any insightful words they want to share before we before I get into to my. I'm not sure. They both seem to have fire as a weakness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't really cuz both of these this is fun because both of them are knowledge based, right? Like uh the Necronomicon embodies the knowledge of all the evil incantations and spells known in existence, right? Or at least to mankind. Uh and Freddy is this thing that people know and it's about whether or not people can, you know, stop that or forget about that. But even if people do forget, he can insinuate his way back into reality. Mm-hmm. Um, but really for me, I think what it boils down to is like one bad person killing handfuls of people who know about him versus the, the, the broad capacity for damage that the book has. So for me, the book wins out over Freddie just because like, it might not have as much power regularly but it's like one person going along trying to kill people versus like a pandemic you know that just sprouts up and kills two hundred twenty thousand people and it would take freddy like decades to do that especially considering that all each of the evil dead movies was was a very isolated incident Uh, army of darkness is a little different but we have yet to see uh necessarily a uh an actual I guess, full-on community be affected by the Necronomicon. I mean, they did go to war in yeah. Army of Darkness. But technically, Army of exactly. Darkness isn't it's canon. A, well, yeah, it isn't canon compared to uh, 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 Ash versus Evil Dead. So, yeah, exactly. And with that in mind, I do see what you're saying. But if, the, if we do see, if we were to see an actual pandemic community situation with the Necronomicon, it would be far more the, than the four to seven teenagers killed in that particular nightmare movie. Yeah. So do, <laughs> my, my one thought is, is do we give, do we give any weight to the Necronomicon um, or take weight away from it, from the fact that like, it does have to be read. It does have to be opened. Whereas Freddie will, will come after you you wouldn't even know it. He just kind of pops up because of, of, of this evil and fear that's been in your town recently. Uh, I feel you, like it's similar. I feel like both of them are like conditional evils. Okay. Cause you have to, you have to know, you have to open the book and read from it, but also these spells exist other places, right? Like these, this is just like a collection of them. And, and through the, time, I mean, you know, it can, it right. can pass through space and time. Whereas, you know, right. Freddie was a child murderer in what was that meant to be like the sixties? Yeah, I think the sixties because everybody that grew up, yeah, was in the eighties. So I think that makes sense. And he lay, you know, he lay dormant for fifteen years. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you. I th- I think my hardest part with the Necronomicon is always the fact that you have to open it up and read it, and I, I don't want to discount that that's the thing that has to happen. But I, I do think 
as painful as as it is for me to me to give this one because I, I wanted Freddie to go. Um, I, I do think the the the, f- the farther reach on, on a grand scale in Necronomicon is just much more forceful, much more terrifying. With how similar is. both entities are that might have to be the competitive edge. Exactly how much damage does one do so. over the other? I agree. So are we all, we all happy with putting the Necronomicon in the face off final, final, final push, two championships. Push her forward. Adios. All right. All right. The thing versus a Xenomorph. They're both extraterrestrials, which is exciting that we get two aliens in in, in the final in the final four here. Um, I think it would be the thing because the the xenomorphs can't. The thing is eventually going to replicate a xenomorph, and that's yeah, going to be made terrifying. of cells. It's a cell. It's a cellular right. uh, villain. You know, as long as you have cells, it can attack you. So that's fine. Okay, that's the thing against the Xenomorph. So let's just imagine these things in the world um, of humans and us existing in this world and us facing each one of them individually. And so we can kill the thing with an immense amount of fire. Though I don't know if you're ever going to get rid of everything about the thing. I think they're I think a Xenomorph is more difficult to kill uh, but the thing is more difficult to fully destroy. Does that make does that does that sentence make sense? Yes. Like you're gonna have a hard time actually killing the xenomorph, and you're probably not gonna get it. To to actually kill the thing is pretty easy with a flamethrower, but you can't actually. And destroy also, you have it, to know so. who's the thing. Oh. That that level of uh, right of mystery kind of adds to its advantage because you can't just be going out killing everybody assuming that they're the thing if they're at ground zero of course <laughs> yeah what do you think max you've been quiet over there for a bit i'm i'm thinking because i really they're both like these organic life forms that like use other organic life forms to procreate, right? Mm-hmm. To make themselves bigger, stronger, whatever. Um, but I feel like even though like the xenomorphs are dangerous, I feel like they're easier to kill. I feel like they're entities, whereas the thing you have to annihilate on a molecular level. Right. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm kind of with you. That's where like a xenomorph, like... Like it's, you can eradicate them fully, but that's almost not possible with the thing with our technology we have, right? You know, like it'd be so difficult to, to destroy all of the thing. I think we should move forward. Agreed. I agree. Matt, awesome, sweet boys. This is it. This is. Do we want to take a break? You know, go have some pizza. Come no, back. No, we're here. Let's do it. Let's move on. <laughs> move on. The Necronomicon finally versus the thing. We have a number three seed, the Necronomicon versus the number two seed, the thing. And so, boys, gentlemen, scholars at this point, um, what are our thoughts? Well, the, on, uh, the thing on could only battle? be advantageous against deadites. 
not the Necronomicon. He couldn't assimilate a book. That is true. For me, I think the thing would eventually consume so many people that there would be no one left to read the book. I think the thing I think the thing takes this, especially because of the manifestations of evil we've seen are also sort of biological and organic base, like, you know, humans, mm-hmm. undead, that sort of stuff. So I think it's really um, it's really to the thing on this one, because the, the book is like it's not autonomous and the thing is. So, again, it's like the, the thing is busy out there wreaking havoc while Correct. the book waits for Action. someone to read it. Yeah, I, I so I want to assume at this point because we've we've assumed in every single category here in every single round that the Necronomicon has been read, and it's out, and and, and it is. Do you think there is an incantation in there that would be able to take the thing and um, time portal it into a different era and get rid of yes. it that way? I mean, they attempted that in Evil Dead Two. The uh... The passage read opened up a time porter, time portal with the intention of the evil to be uh, the evil that was uh, uh, manifested into the uh, into the tree to be warped out of there. Essentially, that was the goal at the end of the movie. So they could t- they could technically attempt so that you- with or the Necronomicon could technically attempt that with the thing, but I. I still, but as, yeah, but as that was still like, kind, of it, a, kind of a reach, right? I mean, it, I think the thing kind of has this one. Yep. I agree. I agree. I think there, the amount of, the amount of focused effort. And that's the thing about what, why the thing is more dangerous in this matchup is because the the necronomicon does require focused effort like even if you got all the dark wizards together who knew all the spells to invoke all the evil and stuff like and bring forth you know elder evils or whatever those things are still as far as we know malleable to the thing's consumption and it would just like eventually eat them up i feel like the necronomicon is like if you're thinking about this in terms of like a metaphor the necronomicon would like build bridges and walls and sidewalks and roads but the thing is like nature right that just like slowly grows mm-hmm. up and consumes okay. them and destroys them over time again and again and again yeah yeah that makes sense i'd agree with that i can't yeah. i can't really argue against that i just i do think that there is a way that you could use the necronomicon in your favor to get rid of the thing Whereas I don't think we can get rid of the Necronomicon and that knowledge. That's a know? good point. I mean, there might be a spell in there to get to destroy all existent life forms of a certain type, right? Like the genocide spell or whatever. Right. Yeah. And I just, and so I, I don't necessarily think that maybe pushes, I don't know. There's just no, if we're thinking of ways of killing this creature, I think they're both formidable, but the fact that you would have to use one to kill the other, um, they would have to exist in the same world. So if they didn't exist in the same world, um, the thing, uh, I think still is, um, more dangerous at that point. I think that's kind of what maybe gives the thing the edge for me too. 
is that siloed the thing is more dangerous than the Necronomicon barely because there's no activating agent, you know, it just happens. And I think if you have to use one to kill the other, that means the other one is more powerful. In agreement? Yeah, I mean, it's, sound yeah, all it's right. kind of hard to I think argue we did with it. that. Yarp. <laughs> all right, there it is. It's all neat for caps. me because, like, this is, like, when I originally did ran my own bracket, like, in my head, the thing took it. Like, this, this is consistent with my reasoning going into this, so I'm very excited to have that reinforced. Yeah, I... Initially, in my first bracket, I had Freddy Krueger winning everything, but I also had the Necronomicon getting taken out by a tall man. Um, and my reasoning was essentially because you have to read the spell to do it. So if that like there's no way to like. Like, it's easier to just walk away from the Necronomicon than it is to like touch up the tall man. And so eventually and then I had I didn't even think about the thing in that capacity on a cellular level. Like I thought. I was very sleepy the first time I watched that movie and I thought they kind of got rid of it. But as of a rewatch at the end, not knowing, you know, they're probably both infected and and they don't know it, you know, like, Oh, what a fantastic film. But watch the thing. It's so good. It really is. It's fun. It's so good. Uh, Well, thank you so much, boys. That's the thing. I'm so excited. That's it. That's the final villains face off. I had an idea for next year. Um, because this is really the last episode of Spooky Season. I think this is should have hit re- right around Halloween or the, the Wednesday or so. Maybe even on Halloween, this is going to drop. So this is like our final spooky villains, spooky everything send off. Um, this has been a really fun, fun ride. Thanks, Matt, so much for guesting. Absolutely. On us. It was a good time. It's been a pleasure. And also all of our thanks go to Fabby for making that a three hour long episode. Um, when we were talking yeah, about she had a class. She, uh, unfortunately <laughs> was not able to make this one again for the same excuse, but that's okay. We'll get her on one of these days or not, you know, we will absolutely, um, for sure. And Max, as always, thank you so much for joining in and your insightful knowledge and all and of this honor and a pleasure. I'm sure. Um, and definitely all things goes out to Fabi. I said that already, but you know, we want to make sure that she's called out clearly here because she was a big part of that episode and we definitely mm-hmm. want to have her on again for sure. Um, so I'm going to tease something a little bit. I don't really know what's coming out after this. I honestly have no idea. I have a few episodes planned in December that I know what's going to be around, but I'm not really sure what's coming up next. So it's a surprise to kind of all of us. I have about, you know, a week or so to figure it out. So we'll, we'll figure this out. Um, secondly, I had an idea for next year. If we are so lucky to continue being infinite next year around spooky season, um, I have decided that we are going to reinvent the bracket. And instead of doing top favorite horror villains, we are going to create a bracket of 32 horror movies. Protagonists. Oh, okay. And we are going okay. to finalize the greatest horror movie of all time. <laughs> oh yeah, sure. <laughs> Ambitious. Just a little. So um, we will be seeding that next year for sure, because I think that would be super fun. Um, And then maybe we'll do protagonists on the side as like a small bracket. I don't know. I like the protagonist idea as well, but I think I want to argue the movies um, because I think that would be way more fun um, and have some more interesting conversation than uh, than we had this year. More interesting. So 
Um, any final words? Let's let's have you folks um, like we did last week. If you have any socials you want to share, definitely go out and share it. However, if you don't have any of that, um, can you throw me some uh, horror movies to send folks off the uh, the final or like movies maybe that you like to watch between Halloween and Christmas? Because that's what we're kind of getting up on right now. Um, I always like to watch a few like things that cross over. So like, I like to watch some of the horror movies that are set around Christmas time in between. Um, like Krampus in, is a good one. Krampus is a great one. Absolutely. Yeah. A lot of fun. That's a, you know, it's a great, um, it's got great tongue in cheek moments, but it's also pretty damn scary. Are we talking yeah. about the, the one with, um, what's his name from parks and rec with Adam, uh, Adam Scott. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah. movie for me, the first time I watched it, it was really disappointing, but okay. it, it was because I went in hoping that it was going to be like a really serious, dark, unsettling film. And instead it was like mega campy and like an ode to horror movies of the 80s, right? Like, so I like the, the, the present monsters and the evil caterpillar and stuff was all like, this isn't scary. Toy Story was scarier. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But like That's that scor- was... It's scary that Toy Story 2 is 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. That's scary. <laughs> Matt, I will have none of your Toy Story sass here. We are we are a pro Toy Story podcast. It's the same movie three pro. times. I didn't see the fourth one. The f- I'm not, we're just not even going to acknowledge that. We're going to move on. <laughs> that's that's okay. You can't you can't save people from themselves. I know. Uh, um uh, anybody else have any recommendations for horror movies? I mean, it's it's not really horror. It's kind of horror if you're like six years old. But this time of year, I always have to recommend Hocus Pocus. Oh, yeah. It's one of the cutest yeah, horror movies of all one. time. For sure. Halloween Town as well. Mm-hmm. is amazing. The Halloween uh, Tree. I don't know if you guys have seen that. It's a pretty ooh, good I animated movie. Fun one. Yeah, I need yeah. to watch Casper. that. Yeah. Casper's good. Yeah, dude, Casper's I haven't Casper in two or three Decades. I gotta go back and watch that again. Yeah, Casper's yeah. I rented it uh, a few days ago, so I'm excited to eventually watch it. <laughs> this is exciting. Well, thank you, obviously, thank you. for all of it. This was super fun. I hope you all had a good time as well with us, Matt and Max. Stay on for a hot second afterwards. I have some revelations I need to share with you. Sounds good. This has been Infinite Pulp, though. You can email us at podcast at infinitepulp.com follow us on the twitterverse and uh we don't know what's happening next so join us next week for a surprise uh thank you have a good night everyone bye goodbye everybody all right i'm gonna stop recording so i